Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. It's time now for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Dank. A little bit later on, I speak with a personal trainer and I ask him, uh, what are some of the weirdest requests and objectives that some of his clients have asked him? For now, though, it is time to talk about the most talked about sports headline today. There's a lot to get through. Ziaul Raushan is helping me out. Uh, and of course, uh, we continue our conversation uh, about Chelsea. Yeah, plenty to talk about in terms of Chelsea, plenty to discuss in terms of, we talked about it yesterday, how many players they've signed, mm. but it seems that's brought about its own problems. Uh, Enzo Fernandez gets uh, Jorginho's old number, number five that is, but they've got Fernandez, Modric, Yao Felix, who's not quite performing, uh, Buddy Shield, uh, Fofana, we forgot to talk about this guy, Noni Madueki, who's kind of been under the radar from uh, PSV, uh, so they've lost two of their best wingers there. With so many players, right, how does a training session happen? Like, you usually train with your first team, so you can't do seven aside. Mm. So then what, Royal Rumble? Uh, as I sent you this morning, the video, <laughs> it is a Royal Rumble, the survival of the fittest, I believe, who gets into that team, who hopefully finds a way into that team. But no, seriously, big problems for Graham Botta, I think. Is he qualified to manage this magnitude of a problem, this many people? I think this will be the true test of his magic as mm. he's Potter. So this will be a true test of what he can do with this team. I'm interested to find out. We're talking about who they're going to register possibly for the Champions League. Who's making oh, that decision? I forgot about that. So how many people can they register? Because usually in the January transfer window, after that's done, there's a maximum amount of player you can register mm. to be part of your squad, right? Exactly. I think you can bring along a 25-man squad. You can yeah, register yes. 25 yes, people. Yes. I think we all play a bit of football manager growing up, so we <laughs> might know that but yeah he needs to now decide who drops out from the initial squad in the group stages and mm. then who he's going to re-register and they've got a truckload of players that they need to consider mm. who wants to perform in the Champions League for them so something like maybe three more players they can register I mean who if you were Graham Potter uh, who would you pick for the Champions League because they're they've signed all these players to finish 10th mm. I don't think they're going to make it into the top 4 and if they don't they will be depending on winning the Champions League to qualify for that pot of uh, broadcast mm. rights money mm. next mm. year. Mm. That's a fantastic point. The pressure is on Chelsea to do well in the Champions League because that seems to be their route into the Champions League next season. So they have to do something and they have to get it right. You asked me who Graham Potter is going to choose. Yeah. I wonder if Graham Potter is at all making those decisions because Todd Bowley has brought on all these players. Maybe he is the one who is going to say, Graham, do this. Graham, bring this guy it along. It feels that way. It does. Owner slash sporting director because it's a very different problem from the Galacticos from 1.0 and 2.0. They were buying these superstars but these superstars were going to play. Mm. Zidane was going to play here. Beckham was going to be here. Ronaldo here, etc, etc. Exactly. So now you have a band of misfits almost. Yep. That's what I consider this yeah, Chelsea yeah. transfer policy. I used the word scattergun yesterday. So now that scattergun approach needs to be streamlined slightly to choose the three best players to join that Champions League squad. Off the top of my head, probably Enzo Fernandez, Mudrik, and I believe Yao Felix is already registered. Yeah. So probably Buddy Shiel because... He needs a centre-back for his team. Uh, Felix might not be able to play if he has played for Atletico Madrid mm. in the Champions League. So mm. that could be a problem. Uh, they, I guess, shoring up the back four is logical. Fernandez is definitely going to play. Has to be. 100 it's million like player. they want it so much, right? Uh, whew, Modric looks a good bet. 
uh, since Pulisic can't get into the side. But they don't have the real problem that they did, they did not solve the real problem, which was an out-and-out out number nine. 100%. I think Kai Havertz now has even more weight on his shoulders to deliver, but yeah. at least he won't be able to complain about a lack of service because with Enzo Fernandez, with Modric, you can be assured that they're going to bring the ball to you and then it's on Havertz to hopefully score those goals for them. Uh, hopefully is a big word. Uh, something else that a lot of people will be hoping for, Manchester United have cruised into the League Cup final. They will be heading to Wembley, uh, 2-0 win against Nottingham Forest, uh, Anthony Martial scoring there, so it's a 5-0 on aggregate, hoping yet at the same time feeling a bit nervous because finals opponents, Newcastle United. Yeah, certainly this was expected that Manchester United yeah. would go into the final after beating Nottingham 3-0 in the first leg. Still, with the way things have gone for Manchester United, you couldn't be too sure, but... Eric Ten Hag did not rest on his laurels. He put mm-hmm. out the best team possible. Yeah, of course. There's plenty of flag coming along as to you're already leading 3-0 on aggregate. Why not rest the players? Granted, there are so many fixtures coming up for Manchester United. But you could see he has his eyes on the prize and he wants to win that trophy as soon as possible. Standing in the way, though, is a Newcastle team, a resurgent Newcastle team, who are not going to be any pushovers. In fact, yeah. the last time these two teams met in a final in 1999 is when I first started watching Manchester United, would you believe? Uh, They won the FA Cup final against uh, Newcastle in 1999. At the old Wembley, and now they faced in the new Wembley, and February 28th should be an exciting date. I do still think Newcastle go into it marginal favourites, purely because between now and the final, Newcastle have three games to play. Yeah, we've got a lot. Manchester United have got seven games to play, including one three days before the final at Barcelona. But it it, it could work in their favour where momentum is concerned, and and I was going to reply to that, uh, saying why put out the first team? Any substitutions that happened were in about the 60th minute or so, except uh, the Casemiro one in Mm. the 80s for Viktor Lindelof um, but you get the sense that he's trying to build that momentum in the players good to see Sancho back he looks happy after you know uh, I guess some mental problems that we are unaware of I dare say it's almost like a new signing for Manchester United Hopefully. because he did okay at the end of the season and if that was a Jadon Sancho laboured by problems off field yeah. you can only imagine with the care that Ten Hag has afforded him, how much he can achieve now that he's coming back into the fold with a smile on his face. I think it's important. Some things are a bit more important than football. Jeremy yeah, Sancho's of course, of course. sideline problems, to me, see, feel like it was needed to be taken care of before he comes back to football and I'm happy to see him back. Yeah, Anthony is also playing a little bit differently now. Ten Hag has expressed his uh, happiness at that. But is this... Import, how important is this League Cup final? I mean, Ten Hag needs a trophy to tell the players, hey, you do it my way, you can win. Yeah, at the same time, Newcastle, you can't help. Very corporation feeling, right? I want to return on my investment here. 100%. I think I take your points on both fronts. For Manchester United, Eric Ten Hag needs something tangible to show that his process is working. Yeah, yes, yeah. plenty of feel-good factors surrounding the club now, but nothing like winning. And Manchester United, even under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, reached plenty of finals, but didn't really take that final step to win silverware. They so didn't feel it, like they could win. Exactly. They went into it without much confidence at least and that's what makes this so enticing both clubs need trophies for different reasons however I think Eric Ten Hag needs it a bit more because because with all due respect to Newcastle and possibly Newcastle fans listening reaching a final is like winning a trophy when you're Newcastle United for Manchester United with the investment they've had obviously not talking about the two loan signings I'm talking about the 200 million spent before the season started there is pressure there is pressure on Ten Hag and he needs to show that 
my way works. We're going to win silverware. And as a Manchester United fan, I'm hopeful that on February 28th, we are the League Cup champions. Hopefully, something to celebrate about. Uh, speaking of celebration, let's uh, talk about some old men. Mm. <laughs> All right, are we talking about Elliot then? <laughs> Ah, <laughs> I'm not coming back on the show we're, tomorrow. We had a I? good thing going. Why, why did you have to spoil it? No, I want to talk about the greatest of all time. Whenever you say the word goat, I don't think Chris, personally. I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo or your Leo Messi. I think Tom Brady, Papa Brady from the NFL. And I know it's not a widely watched sport here in Singapore, but surely you know jersey number twelve, Tom Brady. Mm. Yeah, certainly. I think the term GOAT might be overused slightly, especially yeah. in the social media yeah. age that we live on. I take your point, Ronaldo, not GOAT level yet. Lionel Messi, perhaps after the World Cup, can be considered. Sure. But coming back to Tom Brady, when you said you want to talk about it, I read up a bit about him because while I know the name, I know the sport, I 45 don't know. years old. Exactly. And to play on after 45, winning four Super Bowls after the age of 37, those are some Same. immense numbers. How do you do it? You know, to, to, to keep your fitness at that level, to, to keep, be able to perform and win those championships. And keep rings. those motivation levels. Yeah. Like we talk about this in terms of one off champions. Lewis Hamilton springs to mind, winning sure. one and coming back harder for the second. Yeah, yeah. Same for Tom Brady. Winning one and then pushing on when you are that age. To, to to build that legacy in a sport to transcend the sport almost. I think what he's done has transcended the sport in terms of inspiration. You, you bring up a good point because there's this term greatest of all time and I want to take this in a slightly different direction. What defines the greatest of all time? Is it someone who can win anything, say an Mbappe, who can win anything while he's young mm. at the peak of his powers mm. or people like Tom Brady, Michael Jordan who have gone away and then come back and you see that psychological revitalization in the team. Mm. Mm. And the team works, not the person, but the team works with that person. Yeah, I think that what signifies a GOAT, in my opinion, yeah. because you make the people around you better, 10%, 20% better, yes. and then you collectively achieve as a team. Lionel Messi did it with the Argentine team at the World Cup. Tom Brady has done it countless number of times in his career with the various, let's say, lesser players around him. He makes them push in the right direction. And I think that's what separates the goats from the almost goats. And this is a moment where we give a shout out to all our wives for making us husbands goats because they make us better. Oh, 100%. Ooh, oh, well done there. All good, man. <laughs> uh, talking about uh, someone who's amazing. Um, it's an interesting article I shared with you earlier this morning about this uh, Japanese player by the name of uh, Katsuyoshi Miura uh, has signed for a Portuguese second division side on loan. Get this, he is aged 55. Mm. He will turn 56 very soon, actually. <laughs> here Can we you have, imagine that? Here we have people complaining that they don't want to work beyond 55. This guy is playing professional football, albeit for a second-tier outfit in yeah, Portugal, yeah. but still immense. I mean, you mentioned his name. I'm not even going to venture and try and pronounce it. I'll just call him King Kazu, because certainly okay, he's a nice. king. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's absolutely redefining what's possible playing on at that level. You know, uh, he has previously said that he plans to continue playing until he's 60. Yeah. And in my head right now, again, here this uncle in the coffee shop saying but I play in Farapak until 60 or so <laughs> all, all my grab driver this morning quite honestly so yeah it, it, it never ends and okay sorry just to be devil's advocate in this conversation yeah, yeah. you play till 55 I understand you have the passion for the game mm. but sometimes is it almost you don't know what to do if you're not playing therefore you stay on for too long so that's an interesting question right and it's a question I'm going to pose to a good friend of mine next week when I speak with him who played football professionally to the age of 44 uh, the legendary Alexander Durek. Mm. 
Um, but he still keeps a very fit regime. So for him, right, is it a case of I don't know what to do if I don't keep fit? Mm. And I can I can kind of see that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. See I that. think with Alex, he's certainly gone on to continue being a coach and running these marathons yeah. and also yeah. that's a big part of his life. Not to forget he was Olympian as well. Yeah. So I think to your point, they just need it, need that, need that energy that comes from playing sport. Yeah. What will you play? Uh Leisurely, socially yes, at Farrah Park. At Farrah Park, <laughs> uh, have you set yourself a cutoff time? Uh, trust me, I'm I'm 34 this year. Yeah, I feel like I'm 50 sometimes. In fact, I played last night. Oh. I, I have a bit of a creaking knee at the moment, but it's all part and parcel of the game. God. But playing one hour, two hour futsal, eleven aside, is completely different to wanting to dedicate yourself to that craft. So I got massive respect for King Kazu. All right, thanks a lot, Raushan. Perhaps uh, one of these days uh, we can uh, try to. Uh, uh, take each other on on the football field. I, w- I would much rather on a football field than in the ring because I know your prowess. Uh, uh, no, you haven't. At 40 <laughs> in the ring, trust me. You hope you don't get punched. <laughs> and now it's time to talk a little bit about personal health. Uh, today I'm speaking with a former national boxer. Uh, he's a bit of an idol of mine. Um, and now he's a personal trainer, personal boxing coach, Tay Jiawei. Jiawei, how are you doing today, man? Doing good, thank you, Elliot. So, Jawi, we've talked uh, about having uh, the right chemistry with a potential personal trainer in the quest to, you know, have the most uh, holistic and effective training experience. But trainers these days, uh, like yourself, it, it's not easy because I've known you for a couple of years, and as you went on this journey to become a personal coach, personal boxing coach, you were ramping up a lot of activity on social media. How do you? Uh, how do you get clients these days? Is it is it by website, social media? What's what's the trend looking like now? I believe that there's many ways to get clients, um, not just social media. Ultimately, I feel that you need patience and um, authenticity, right? Yeah. You want to be authentic in what you teach and um, whatever you give to your clients, it's truly genuine and um, it's what you have, right? So instead of um, thinking about, you know, just posting contents or um, um, copying contents from other boxing coaches or coaches in general, uh, I feel that, you know, do put off something that resonate with what you teach and resonate with your own personality. Ultimately, clients will come to you in many ways. You know, yeah. it could be through DMs, it could be through, you know, your website, it could be through referrals. But from my own experience, um, social media helps, but referrals helps a lot as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you have a strong base of clients and um, you, you produce results, your clients will eventually introduce you to their friends and family. And from there, you know, the list goes on. Yeah, yeah, nothing like uh, word of mouth, right? Because your friend is credibility. You trust your friend. Um, but I, I've I've often wondered, you know, as a personal uh, a trainer, as a, as a boxing coach, usually when people come to you, what's the first thing that they ask for? I mean, uh, do you normally get you got to start somewhere, and and in boxing you start with the footwork, you know, step by step, forward, backward, sideways, right? Mm-hmm. Do you get people coming say, okay, I want to learn how to fight like Anthony Josh? Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised at um, the different, the many different goals that people want. Yeah, you know, there are some people who come to me and they say, "I want to 
I just want to learn boxing to lose weight. Yeah. Getting cardio. You know, to them, um, the technicalities of boxing isn't as important okay. as we think it is. Yeah. So their goal isn't actually to be a boxer. Their goal is to uh, be able to pick up a new skill and mm. use that skill for um, a good workout, mm. right? So mm. that's what they want. But you also have clients that come in and be like, oh, I want to fight eventually. You know, I want to get in my first amateur fight. I want to mm. learn uh, how to be a good fighter. So from there, you know, you will know how to uh, come up with like a training program for them and help them work towards their goal. And it's very, very different mm. uh, because you cannot expect somebody who doesn't want to be a fighter to train like a fighter. Yeah. Yeah, I and I myself came to you uh, with that purpose because I had a fight coming up and I needed uh, a fresh set of eyes. Uh, so it's important that you yourself know what you want to achieve, be very clear with your coach, and then only can the both of you work toward a common goal. Well, if you want to check out some uh, clips of uh, the man training, you can head over to Jiawei's uh, official Instagram account. It's TJW Boxing Fitness. You can uh, check out clips of him uh, training some of his clients there. Um, also, you can head over to his website, tjwboxingfitness.com, if you want to make any inquiries as well. Jiawei, I appreciate your time today. Take care and have a great day, yeah? Thank you, Elliot. Thank you so much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.